Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. I think if there's a question on whether the neighborhood is a C or a D, which makes a big difference. It does. Uh, big, big difference. We should go look ourselves. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes the free service. Here comes the free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714 I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units or even a handful of units go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe that's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe they're going to give you a free 30 minute goal strategy session they'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe again if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. Mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff. With us today, Pat Hyben. How you doing, Pat? Awesome, Joe. Thanks for having me back, brother. Hey, nice to have you back, my friend. And best ever listeners, you just heard it. Pat has been on the show before, and he gave his best real estate investing advice ever in episode 310. Highly recommend going back to listen to that episode. And because we've heard his best ever advice... 
we're going to do a special segment as we usually do on Sundays. And because it's Sunday, we're going to do skill set Sunday where Pat is going to walk us through six steps to a seven figure income and a little bit about Pat before we get into it. He is the owner of Pat Hyben Group with Keller Williams. He is the founder of Rebus University. He is a billion-dollar agent, host of the popular podcast Real Estate Rockstars, and New York Times bestselling author of Six Steps to Seven Figures based in Baltimore, Maryland. Pat, before we get into it, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? Sure, Joe. So I've been in real estate pretty much my whole life. I've ventured into many things since I started accumulating a little bit of wealth. I think obviously what has paid me the best and most consistently has been real estate. And I was in the game of selling for a long time. In 2010, I sold my team business, which still runs and I still make uh, horizontal income from. And I wrote my book. And now I just kind of work three days a week. I do my own podcast. I create courses for real estate agents on how to make more commissions. And I enjoy the fruits of the many investments I've made over the years. And I really enjoyed our initial conversation because you talked about in detail your income streams. So again, best ever listeners, go listen to 310 after we get done with our conversation here. The topic of today and what we're going to be focused on is six steps to seven figures. Can you walk us through the steps? Because I'm curious, that's for sure. Sure, absolutely. So the first step is set goals and affirm them. And what I talk about in this chapter of my book is a lot of people just set really large goals. For instance, they set a goal, I want to be a millionaire. But they don't set the small daily goals that it takes to be a millionaire, such as I save $10 a day. Or even the goal before that is what you're going to do to earn that extra $10 to save that extra $10. So I talk about setting large goals and breaking them down into small goals and then putting them in the affirmative, which would be, I am a millionaire, I save $10 a day by doing X every day. And that's how I've done my whole life. I've mapped out in the book, I map out goals that I've set over the years and how I turn them into affirmations and then how I achieve them. So that's the first step. Makes sense. The second step is track. And just like you probably track how many investments you have, what they're worth, how many downloads you get on this show, how it's increased or decreased. I'm an avid tracker. I've tracked everything for years. Every successful person I talk to tracks like crazy. People that tend to not get very far don't track at all. It's like Weight Watchers. Joe, do you know anything about Weight Watchers? I am familiar with the concept. Well, Weight Watchers, basically what you got to do is you got to write down every single thing you eat. So if you eat a raisin or a peanut M&M or something like that, you have to write it down. And then you get points for that. And then in addition to that, they want you to track by stepping on a scale every week or as much as possible. So what it boils down to is if you're on Weight Watchers for, let's say, six weeks and you lose 30 pounds – by tracking everything you eat, and then on the seventh week, you stop tracking everything you eat, what do you think tends to happen? You slip a little bit. You get chunky. 
Exactly. So, and then if you don't do it the next week and the next week and the next week, chances are the same thing. You just gain all the weight back. So the thought process behind it and the truism behind it is if you track, you succeed. If you don't track, you fail. And I talk about all the different things that anybody could track, but there's always a million things to track. Yep. Can you give a goal that you have accomplished and what you tracked on a daily basis leading up to accomplishing that goal? I'll relate it to your audience here. For the longest time, my goal was to be a hundred percenter. What a hundred percenter is, it's a word we use in one of my companies that I'm involved with called GoBundance. And what a hundred percenter is, is let's say you map out your monthly bills. So if my monthly bills are 20 grand a month that it takes for me to pay for my kids' colleges and pay for my house and utilities and every food, everything, a hundred percenter would mean $20,000 a month would come in from rental real estate or passive investments. And that would be a hundred percent of my bills are paid. So in order for me to get to a hundred percenter, I needed to do a couple of things. I needed to, first of all, earn money, and then with that money, save money, and then with that savings, invest that money and invest it wisely. So my ultimate goal is to become a 100 percenter. My daily goal that I might track would be I needed to list, say, a house a day or a house every three days then my goal from that would be to save $10,000 a month in commissions. And then from that, it would be to invest. And then I would obviously track, which I still do. I can show you a sheet right now. I have 63 lines of income that come sideways to me to pay my bills. So that in itself, that sheet is a tracking form. So everything was tracked from what I did to get the listing, what I did to save the money, what I did once I invested the money, and then how the money paid me sideways. Does that answer the question? Yes, that does. So step three is join masterminds and get mentors. A lot of people will live life thinking that a mentor is some old guy that sits at the top of a hill under a tree with a long beard, looks like Rip Van Winkle. This guy just kind of has advice on all aspects of life, whether it be health, relationships, money, investing, everything. And I think people get it completely wrong by that. Most people are brilliant at one or two things and then average and not so average at everything else. So I've had over 50 mentors that I can count that I've learned from and stepped upon, kind of used to climb up the ladder of success. And many of those mentors I was able to find at Masterminds, which Mastermind is just simply a collective genius, so to speak. It's five to a hundred people that are all thinking the same and are sharing best ideas and best practices where you could just learn in abundance from multiple people all at once people that have gone through what you want to go through. And so I talk about that in chapter three, join mentors and masterminds. Okay. And then chapter four is act. And that is the forceful act moving forward. There's an old saying, nothing great comes without sacrifice. I'll give you an example. When I wrote my book, I went to find some mentors and I found Gary Keller 
who's written multiple best-selling books, The One Thing, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, that sort of thing, Millionaire Real Estate Investor, and I asked him for advice. And he gave me advice, and then I said to him, I said, I have an idea. I want to make my book a best-selling book, just like your books. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on Facebook, and I'm going to friend everybody and anybody that I can in the real estate industry. And then I'm going to talk about my book every single day. And he said to me, Pat, that will never, ever, ever happen. Not that I wouldn't be able to friend people on Facebook, but that I'd be able to get on the bestseller list. Because, see, the bestseller list at that point, Joe, was about 9,000 downloads. Not downloads, 9,000 book purchases the first week. So he said to me, he said, none of my books have gotten anywhere without hard work. What you need to do is you need to quit what you're doing and you need to go out on tour and start speaking to real estate agents at real estate agent offices throughout the country talking about your book. And I almost think it was a test. He was kind of testing me to see if I was serious or not because he didn't want to waste time with me because all people probably say, oh, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. And so I took his advice and I actually sold my real estate team to my top agent And then I went on book tour and I started promoting my book and I spoke at 53 offices in 53 cities over a seven month period and got them all to commit to buying a book on the first day that it came out. And so when my book was released, we sold 10,600 copies in the first week. And my point is that Gary told me that I needed to act. He said something I'll never forget. He said, you reap what you sow 100% of the time. And it's so true. You would have never gotten to where you are, Joe, without doing a podcast every day, right, for three to four years. That's a lot of work. That's a ton of time. And so there's no free lunch is kind of what that's about. I'm getting into the weeds here, but I have to ask about the book tour. That's a fascinating case study for how you're able to sell so many books on the first week that it released. Do you know how many it would take now to do that and become a New York Times bestselling author? I think it's still around 10,000, maybe 11,000. I don't think it's changed that much, but I don't know for sure. You'd have to ask somebody. Yeah, I was just curious. For new books that come out that you write, what's your approach? I haven't written another book since. It's a hell of a lot of work. I mean, it was... (laughs) Four years in the making. It was my life's work, you know, yeah. doing that book. It took four and a half years, and they say you never really write a book. You just rewrite it. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot of, like, focus time, like going into the library and sitting there, spreading out on a table in the library and just going through five or six hours in a row of pages and resorting. And it was a lot of work. If I did it again, I would just have someone else write it for me and do all the work, and I would just take a small cut rather than trying to be so highly involved in it. That's good info. Okay, so we have set goals and affirm them, track, get mentors, or surround yourself with the right people. Four, act. What's number five? Number five is build, which is one of my mentors, Fred Gross, used to always say, build on a success up, not from the ground up. And what he meant by that was, like, if you have a success with something, use it. A good example would be like on your page that says, hey, Pat, would you like to come back on the show? 
It shows six people or eight people that you've had on the show. It shows Barbara Corcoran, it shows Robert Kiyosaki. So one of those would be a success, and then you're building on that success to try to get other good guests, if that makes sense. For a real estate agent, if you have a house in a neighborhood that you just sold, don't go to some other random neighborhood and try to prospect and farm it. Go to the neighborhood where you had the success and build on that success up because you're much more apt to get a listing in a neighborhood where you could say, oh, we just sold the house up the street. You may have seen my sign than you would with some neighborhood you've never sold a house in before. Mm-hmm. So it's build, find every little success that you can and just build, build, build and constantly keep building on the same blocks if you can. And then the last one is invest. And I talk about kind of what I did when I went over the goals with you, which is bust your ass, save money. Most people are terrible savers. Be a good saver. Be an excellent saver. Take the down payments and invest in real estate is how I did it. And then live off the horizontal income from those investments. And invest can be a week-long seminar. So I'm cognizant of that when we delve into this, but I would like to ask, for real estate investors, what should the approach be? And I'm going to leave that broad intentionally to see where you take it. Well, yeah, it's interesting you say that because there's more opportunity now for investors than ever. It's like not only has real estate become a respected asset class, but it's become almost a preferred asset class. For so many people. And I don't know if that's good or bad yet. It's good. It's easy for anybody really with syndication and with a little bit of money. It's really easy for people to get into the market. That being said, I don't know if the fact that cash is no longer king, that that money is so fluent and so much money is flowing into real estate, that I don't know if that means it's an inflated asset class. You could say the stock market's inflated, which it is as well. I don't know if both of them are inflated right now. I'm not sure of that. I don't know if that's the answer you wanted me to give you. I have a lot of people on my show, and I ask them a similar sort of questions, and and I think the ones that have a following that they're sold to, meaning like that they're making money off of, will tell you, oh, you know, just buy and never sell. Like Robert Kiyosaki will tell you, hey, I've never lost money on a real estate deal. And you say, what are you talking about? And he says, well, I've just never sold. I've sold some stuff and I've made some good money, but I've also lost my ass on some stuff. So can I answer your question uh, directly enough? Yes, I would like to know, since you brought it up, you made a lot of money and you lost your ass on some stuff. Can you give us an example of a deal specifics on that you made a lot of money and specifics on a deal that you lost a lot of money? Sure. I invest in real estate and apartments, and I'll just give you two examples. So we're comparing apples to apples. We bought a building called Stratham Place. It was in South Carolina. I think we paid like a million dollars for it. My portion of it was a hundred thousand. It was a Perry Passu investment, which means a hundred thousand in. I own ten percent. Let me think. There was a loan on that too, but anyways, let's just say I own ten percent and I invested a hundred grand. We sold it last year after having it about seven years, and we two and a half X'd our money. So I got 250000 back from my initial 
investment. Plus it paid me quarterly dividend. I don't have it in front of me, but it probably paid me about 12% on the money for seven years. That would be one. I've had some houses that I've done where I've had one house I paid 185 for and sold for 450. I remember that one as you know a home run. That was back right when the market was peaking, like 2006. I think I bought it in 04 and sold it in 06. So I got a couple stories like that. I got my head kicked in on one apartment building that we bought in Fort Worth, Texas. We thought it was a C neighborhood. It ended up being a D neighborhood. We paid a lot of money for it, and we had, I'm trying to make a long story short for you, we had a murder on the premises. Fort Worth police sent us a notice. Hey, you know, that's just your first murder. You're on warning. A couple months later, we had a second murder on the premises. They're like, um, now you're on super secret probation. Then they started scouting the place. There were some other arrests, but no other murders. But then they sent us a notice and said, hey, you guys, we're going to fine you up to a million dollars if you have another murder, and it's going to affect your rental license. And there was a lot of bureaucracy involved with the city. So we kind of panicked, and we sold it. I invested $430,000 cash into that one. I think I was a 30% owner in it. I think we paid like $5 million and we put down like a million and a half, me and like three other guys. And I got back a check for 106. Mm-hmm. So I lost $327,000, $323,000 over a period of about two and a half years. Like the only way we could save ourselves, we sold it on auction.com. This was actually last year that we just did this, sold it last year on auction.com. And we kind of got screwed on that a little bit too. Didn't get as much money as we thought we would. We just didn't have deep enough pockets. If we had deep pockets, we would have put a million dollars into the security and tried to beef it up and then took the risk of getting fined by the government and all that and wrote it out. But one of my partners on the deal had signed personally for it. I didn't sign personally for it, but that was almost worse because he signed personally for it. So he was kind of freaking out, right? Um, He's like, I was the one that guaranteed the loan on this. And he was freaking out and he had even more money. I think he put 600 grand into it. So he panicked and I'm just one of four people in it. So I only had a 25% vote and it was just a bad situation that happened. At least I got 106 back. At least I didn't lose every cent, but it hurt. That was the biggest loss. I was like, damn, I just lost 300 and some thousand dollars. That's no joke. And it was pure cash too. It wasn't borrowed money. It was money I could have invested in something else. Yeah. Looking back on that, what are some things you would do differently on a future deal? Well, I think if there's a question on whether the neighborhood is a C or a D, which makes a big difference. It does. Uh, big, Big difference. We should go look ourselves. We should spend time there at night. You got to go at night. During the day, people are sleeping or whatever, you know what I mean? And they're going to put on a good show, especially if they know you're coming. I would say go there when no one knows you're coming. Go there at night and spend more than one night there and talk to people around. Find out really, like, how bad of a neighborhood is this? How bad of an area is this? Look at crime reports better. For whatever reason, we were convinced that it wasn't that bad of an area. We just misjudged it. That's 100% what happened. We misjudged it. 
We could have dealt with it if it weren't for these murders. We could have shut down 20% of the units and just fixed them up. And that's what we did on probably eight other apartment complexes we bought. And we did great on that in areas like Macon, Georgia. I think like four of the eight that we bought were in Macon, Georgia. And most of them, they're C neighborhoods, but it's a different type of poor. It's a different type of tenant. This was crime ridden. So you're taking a big step. If this makes any sense going from C to D, you really got to know what you're doing. And we didn't know what we were doing in that class D. So we freaked out. Thank you for sharing those stories along with the six-step process. Is there anything else as it relates to six steps to seven figures that you want to share that we haven't talked about? No. No, I think we pretty much covered it all. And anything I didn't mention, I obviously I cover in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's available anywhere online. Books are sold in the audio version and also the print version and the e-version. So it's all there. And where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? I'm real easy. I'm public. So you could just Google me. An easy one-stop shop would be to just go to pathyben.com. And there's links there to Rebus University, which is my company that trains real estate agents and links to the book and my podcast, Real Estate Rockstars. Everything's right there. Excellent. Well, the step-by-step process certainly is beneficial. And the link to your book, Pat, will also be in the show notes of this episode. So best ever listeners, you can just click that link and go straight to Amazon and get the book. So step one, set your goals and affirm them. Make sure we're using the right language. Step two is to track. And I love the 100%er term that you and your GoBundance pals have. Step three is get mentors, speaking of that. Number four is act. And it's much deeper than just acting. You gave the example of how you became a New York Times bestselling author by doing the book tour and being strategic about it. Five is build on the success and be smart about how you position your success because there's ways to leverage your success that perhaps others won't recognize if they're not as skilled at looking at how to leverage and what you're building on. And step six is invest. And you gave the phenomenal examples of losing a bunch of money and making a bunch of money. So Pat, thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Ready to bring your real estate investing dreams to life? Learn how to get focused, gain momentum, and the proven roadmap to make it happen with the Time for Investing Masterclass. Doors for enrollment are now open. Reserve your spot today with Neva at Neva, N-E-V-A, at timeforinvesting.com.